Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hello, this is Jack Martin with InsureMark. I want to welcome you all to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. This episode is going to be about uh, the seven elements it takes to build a million-dollar business. The Breakthrough Advisor podcast, as always, is uh, designed to help uh, ambitious advisors really level up their game. And we're really focused this week on uh, those seven elements to building a business. And uh, so let me kick this off. Patrice, thanks for joining us. My I always enjoy having you on the show with us. So if you were to guess, what's the most valuable skill an advisor could have for building a business? For building a business, I would say the most valuable skill an advisor could have will hold on to building the business is empathy. And then building a business is smarts, needs smarts. Well, that that's kind of what drives the answer to the question, which is marketing. You know, you got to in in 2023, you got to be smart about what you're doing with respect to marketing. You know, frankly, it's gotten hard out there. And at InsureMark, what we've been doing uh, most of this year is helping advisors, you know, get that right mindset to to think about what it takes to be a 21st century advisor, what it takes to reach the audience today. So we talked about three of the elements uh, in in an earlier episode, and we want to dive into the last four. So let me just kick it off with number four four <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> no problem lead capture okay so lead capture so that 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 essentially means that someone of interest has has Reached filled out, out a form made a phone call sent an email sent you a text any number of those different ways and and so now that person has gone from anonymous to known at some level, right? Before we dive into that, though, I, I was I was talking with a guy who does a great job. He's he's been he was with Marketo, who is uh, one of the the largest B two B marketing platforms in the business. They were acquired by Adobe a few years ago. They compete, you know, at from the small business level to the you know mega corporate level. And so he led sales there, and he he was talking about how the marketing game has changed so much. How we used to think about we're going to get a lead, they're going to download load a white paper, they're going to watch a video, they're going to attend a webinar, we get a lead, and then we methodically drip on them uh, and convert them into a customer. And what's happened is the world has changed. Uh, Customers today are way smarter than that. They know that if they download a, a white paper, that you're doing that to get their information. They know that if they give you their contact information, you're going to try and connect with them, you're going to try and sell them something, okay? So it's gotten a lot, they've gotten a lot smarter. And so the way we think about lead capture now really needs to be also about brand awareness. So what is the content that you're putting out there that supports your brand, okay, and solves the problem that your your target audience has or problems uh, or addresses solutions to those problems that would cause them to say, I'm going to give you permission to be in my inbox in exchange for uh, your your information, 
And so the it, it it kind of put the the whole notion of lead capture on its head. Lead capture is the result of doing good brand awareness, of doing good thought leadership, of providing valuable content. It, it's not the cheese. It's it, it's not where you put something out there for clickbait that's going to cause someone to fill out a form. So, Patrice, what are what are the other customers uh, over at Proudmouth talking about with respect to that? Anything interesting? The big thing is the platforms these days. There are so many platforms, and would be clients out there are really savvy. Even the older clients are much savvier than they used to be. Which of the platforms you should be you should be going out on and and kind of like you know leaving your 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 trail out there is it linkedin is it facebook where should they be yeah that's a good point and you know again it, it that comes back to you know do you know who your target audience is do you have an ideal prospect do you know what their problems are mm-hmm. you want to engage with clients where they want to be engaged with and so that could be social that could be the web that could be email that could be any number of places is email so, even viable anymore though Hundred percent. Really? Hundred percent. Uh bigger Gotta returns off. Gotta be personalized. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we can definitely talk about that. So email does a lot of the heavy lifting where the social platforms and web advertising and so on can work at that uh, awareness level, maybe moving into the attention stage, the heavy lifting really happens with with email. And so, again, back to this notion that Seth Godin promulgates, which is permission for value. If you give the consumer value, they will give you permission to be in their inbox. If you're not giving them value, they're not going to give you permission to be there. They'll filter you out. So when you're thinking about lead magnets, you you really want to be thinking about that permission for value exchange. What are you giving them that's going to be useful for them? And and that presupposes that you know what's going to be useful to them because it it assumes that you have uh, understood who your ideal prospect is and you understand their unique problems. So um, otherwise, I mean, potential clients are skeptical. Uh, They are smarter. They are skeptical. They will filter. They just won't give you, they'll give you bogus email addresses. (laughs) They'll give you, you know, funny names, you know, and, and definitely won't give you phone numbers that work. So that that's kind of what the lead capture piece is about. You gotta, you gotta be thinking about your brand as well as value there. So So which comes first, the brand or the value? You got to have brand starting at the top. And I I see so many financial advisors that are using systems, buying referrals or leads where they're not building any brand with that. Mm. One of the largest uh, referral services hosts these quizzes on financial websites that consumers go to, you know, where you can learn, you know, what are four mistakes that people make, you know, before retirement, what are five mistakes they can make, you know, in, in leaving a legacy for their kids and grandkids, that sort of thing. Right. And as, as you, as you work your way through that, that quiz process, you're providing them with data, you're getting engaged and ultimately you, you become a potential referral to a financial advisor. the financial advisor you get referred to has built zero brand awareness at that point. You have no idea what his value proposition is. You have no idea what his skill set is. You may know where he is because they'll refer uh, in geographic proximity. But um, there are so many of the uh, of those the, those systems or platforms or or tools out there to provide advisors with with leads that, that where there is no brand. So you really got to start at the top. 
uh, if you're building good brand, then that opens the door to you providing, you know, satisfying the permission for value equation, right? All right. You've got okay. Your, okay, you've got your lead magnet. Then you get to the funnel. The funnel. The, that word always makes me laugh. I'm sorry, it does. Um, yeah, we can talk about funnels for a second. Uh, it really feeds into the lead nurture conversation a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so everybody thinks funnels are wide at the top and get narrow at the bottom. Okay, in reality, they're upside down. Your your prospects in 2023 are not falling into the funnel. They're falling out of the funnel. That the, you are doing things that are causing them to pause, forget you. Um, your follow-up isn't consistent. Your content isn't eye-catching. It isn't providing value. Uh, someone else starts to chirp, and so they're distracted. Literally, the next shiny object comes across the, their, their radar. So the, literally today, you need to think about the fact that the funnel is upside down. You need to be pushing people through the funnel. And the way you push people is to achieve engagement. And the way you achieve engagement is by speaking to them personally. We used to, and, and I use the word here, you know, niche market. And, and so niche market really is just one layer of, of where you're going to go with, with, with a lead nurture concept. What you've got to do is as quickly as possible, figure out, you know, something demographically, something psychographic about that person so that you can start to personalize it. So it may be as simple as their name. It may be as simple as knowing what, what school they went to. We, we teach a, a lot of the advisors to use LinkedIn and do research. Mm -hmm. I, I saw an interesting uh, study the other day that was talking about how high-performing salespeople today, and I know financial advisors don't like to think of themselves as salespeople, but at some level, you've got to close a deal with a client, right? High-performing salespeople in the financial services space who are achieving 150% of their quota work 10% less time selling than folks who are underperforming. Think about that for a second. They're getting more by working less on the sales piece. And so they've gone to LinkedIn, they've gone to the website, um, they, they, they've learned uh, something ab about the person, you know, male, female, lives in Arkansas, came from a tech background, you know, uh, went to school at Arkansas. So, you know, you get those little nuggets, all right? And now you can start to weave that in a little bit of a personalized story. You know, so the subject line might be something like uh, Arkansas plus tech equals, you know, unique financial planning service, right? Uh, so uh, that's going to trigger some interest because they're from Arkansas, they're from tech, and, you know, maybe they've got an, an interest in financial planning. And so then in, in, as you start to me to message them, whether it's in video, whether it's in podcast, well, it couldn't be in podcasting, whether it's in video, whether it's an email um, or messaging, however you're going to do that, you, you need to start to incorporate those personalization elements and once you're doing that and and then you've also got to make sure your your nurturing is consistent um if you're not touching base with someone who's in your your niche. pipeline in your pipeline you know at least once a week they're gonna forget I mean, how many thousands of messages do people get today? I mean, between television, radio, inbox, social media, texting, all the rest. I mean, it's thousands and thousands of messages. And so when that's coming into your into your brain, you know, there's only so much you can retain. Um, Is this a long journey, a long client journey? 
it can be. We, I was talking to some advisors last week who said that their 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 nurture uh, process converted people that they had met in 2019. Well, I wasn't thinking that long, to be quite honest. I really wasn't. 2019. Uh, at InsureMark, we work with a lot of super financial advisors, and it's not unusual for us to to meet them, you know, from a digital perspective, uh, two, three, four years ago. And we, we do a really robust job of of staying in touch with them, providing them with thought leadership, you know, helping them address those those problems that financial advisors have. And and so, you know, we're there. So when the, when they finally say, you know what, you're right. I, this is a problem I need to solve. You've said you can solve that problem. I'm going to raise my hand. And that's that's what's happening with with these financial advisors who are embracing the long lead nurture concept. Um, they're using data. They're starting to personalize it. The next generation of this lead nurture thing is going to be all about data and A.I., uh, where we can start to understand not only the demographic, but also the psychographic, but also the behavior. So as, as someone, as, as we study the, the content that they consume, so if they're going to the Wall Street Journal, if they're going to AARP, if they're going to um, the Financial Times, that kind of indicates that they're in a financial mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So we we in the, in the car business they would call them in market, uh, and so the, those are the folks you want to talk to the people who are in market right. Um, so that that's that that's kind of what the lead lead marcher lead lead nurture thing is about. The customer journey can be a long one, uh, and and really if if your if your time horizon is. Uh, I'm going to invite someone to a webinar. If they show up, great. If they don't, and I'm going to drip on them two or three times, you know, after that, then that's just low hanging fruit. That right. is absolutely just low hanging fruit. And so um, the other I thing, we're you, but, but, but I'm sorry to jump in, Jack, but this is wonderful. It's a long process. How do you keep it from, how do you keep it fresh? I mean, if you're going after somebody say once a week, that's a time commitment to you. And how do you keep it fresh? Yeah. So um, <laughs> content creation, who do we know who, who works in content yeah. creation? Who do we know who works in content <laughs> creation? So so that's a big gap to fill. And and you start thinking about cutting uh, a podcast into snippets, you know, and, and how many of those you can create uh, and then start to leverage, you know, uh, across your your lead nurture tool. I mean, now you start to see how that happens. That's one way to create authentic, relevant content. Video is another. Uh, we're doing a webinar next month uh, that's called Turbocharge Your Business with Personalized uh, Video Email. Um, and so uh, it's, it's, you know, video is another way, either on a one-to-one or one-to-many basis. So the, there are a number of ways that you can do that. The, the key is it's got to be automated. You, you can't be doing that work yourself. You, you've got to find a reliable source for um, content to supplement what you're creating yourself. And so uh, we, we have a, a partnership uh, right now w- with a digital growth platform, and they just signed a deal where they're, we're going to be able to get access to Morningstar's research. So Morningstar's research on, you name the topic, retirement taxes, estate planning, investments, of course, to be able to use that, you know, as part of a nurture sequence, you know, to supplement what I'm doing with podcast, video, personalized email, et cetera. So, and again, do you go to a vendor to get that, to, to have them parse that for you, or is that up to you, the advisor to take the time to do that and make it relevant for your 
your potentials? No, the pro- the platform we use for that uh, handles all of that for us. Okay. So it's it's all created, ready to go for the advisor. Literally dozens and dozens and dozens of pieces of content, you know, a dozen new pieces per month created plus subscriptions like uh, the Morningstar deal. So that there's a plethora of that content. So, okay. So your next, your next is your favorite word, ascension. <laughs> So uh, not in the biblical sense, but uh, in, in the marketing holy sense. Holy day of obligation, my boy. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. No no holy day of obligation here. The, the So in this case, what we're talking about is elevating the relationship that you have with a client. You know, they may start with you. You're going to manage their, they're, they're retiring from AT&T. They've got a $450,000 IRA they want to roll over and they need a financial advisor to give them some direction around that. And so that's where the relationship starts. And then uh, over time, the relationship expands so that now you're you're taking care of the wife's uh, 401k at Kroger and you're taking care of the kids 529 plans and and you're, you're helping the family build an estate plan, build a legacy plan, um, you know, all those pieces. Pieces of a, of a long-term relationship. So, you know, the, the relationship ascends. And so the, 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 um, we, we know that the, the average affluent family doesn't put all their money in one place. They, they've got anywhere from three to seven different financial institutions that they're doing business with, actively doing business with. And so um, that that's a lot of opportunity, a lot of, a lot of what in the old school you would call cross-selling. So, you know, that, that, that kind of makes a difference. And again, you know, it comes back to whether you're building the foundation on a problem solving mode or whether you're, you're building the foundation on a uh, solution basis, you know, mm-hmm. did, did you come into the relationship saying, you know, I can solve your life insurance problem, or did you come into the relationship saying, I want to figure out ways to help you create legacy value and, and you know, create generational wealth. So, and you use the word relationship. That is so important because if you want the next generation to stay with you, you're going to have to have a relationship with them as well. True. True. That, that's a whole nother conversation about how to manage that. But it, it starts with, you know, being visible. And when, when the parents say, Hey, you know, if you've got questions, you know, that need some financial advice, this is the person you should talk to, you know, as opposed to, you know, if you need help with your, you know, disability insurance or your Medicare insurance or your uh, life insurance, this is the person to talk to. That's a, a whole different deal. And so the, that, that generational transfer is somewhere between a 70 and $80 trillion tsunami that's rolling out over the next 20 plus years. So uh, a lot of folks are, are going to experience a lot of change. Yeah. And you want that relationship with them. Absolutely. Should we talk about referrals? This is always a problematic thing. Some, some people say, oh, no, 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 you don't need referrals. Do it yourself. And other people say, I want the referrals, but how do I ask for the referrals? Do you ask for referrals? How do you get referrals? So I think the answer, uh, there's a lot of answers to the question. Uh, one of the best answers I've heard is that you make yourself referable. And so uh, so what does that mean? Okay. So uh, our friend Julie Littlechild up in Canada talks about engagement. Okay. And she says, or she asked the question, how many of your clients gave you at least one referral last year? And, and for many financial advisors, the answer is probably one hand, right? Um, and, and if that's the case, they are your clients, yes. But are, they re- are you really engaged with them? Are they really satisfied with you? 
Um, and if if they are just clients, they potentially could change financial advisors very easily. The threshold is very low. Where whereas what, what her research shows is that as the clients begin to give you referrals, at least one a year, that demonstrates a high level of engagement, a high level of satisfaction, and a very low level of them wanting to change. So referrals, if you want the metric, the metric is you should be getting 20% of your business from referrals. If you're not getting 20% of your business from referrals, then there's there's some meat on the bone there for you. If you're not getting at least one referral per client, then you need to look at that individual relationship and figure right. out how you deepen that relationship. Um, and the, again, I, I, this has kind of been the recurring theme of this this podcast, but you've got to understand what their problem is and, and they need to understand that you can solve that problem. And when they can articulate the problem that you solve, to a room full of their friends, now you are referable. And so now, now you will start to see the influx of referral business come your direction. That's when you're fully engaged and you have clients who are fully satisfied. And you have to believe if you've identified your audience, you've gone for that audience, this audience has become clients, the people they refer will also be part of that audience and you should have the solutions ready. Yeah, it's you know it's not a it's not a bright line you right. know in terms of the people you're going to get referred to because there will be friends and family, but you know they, they it, it does seem that when you start doing that it, it you, you do start to attract those people. I mean that my my wife and I built a, a financial planning business here in Dallas uh, when we first got started around doctors working at uh, the the medical school. So there were seven Nobel Prize winners there hundreds of, you know, top tier doctors doing research as well as practice in, in at Parkland and so on. Um, and ultimately, you know, she just became known as, uh, you know, the financial advice person, the retirement plan person. And so then it, it wasn't such hard work to try and attract new clients. And when new people came on campus, the the senior guys would say, hey, go talk to her. <laughs> uh, she, she'll take care of you. So um, it's, it works, you know, if, if you understand your audience, they understand that you, you can solve their problems, uh, and they, they can articulate that it's going to make a huge difference, no doubt. And the word solution, not fix. I like that differentiation. You well, can solve, but you cannot fix. Yes, exactly. Well, that completes number seven. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> well, was great. that was great, but it was fast. Well, you know, it, we, there's lots of lots more and to Jack dive into. Martin talks. Jack Martin talks. <laughs> Not usually economically. So, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the the we're we're talking about a lot of this. We're helping a lot of advisors over at InsureMark uh, address these issues. Uh, as you can tell, we're, we we have a pretty good understanding of of what it takes to accomplish these things. We've got great tools. We've got a, a great team of uh, advisor development consultants who are in the problem-solving business. So feel free to reach out to one of them. So, And how can they reach out? How can they do? Insuremark.net. Uh, come to the website, learn a little bit more about us. Come to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast, listen a little bit more of what we have to offer. There are plenty of links and clicks there. Follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on uh, Twitter. So we're, we're on all the social media platforms. So, Fantastic. Thanks. All right. 
Thank you very much. On behalf of InsureMark, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today for the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. As always, it's a pleasure, Patrice. Thank you very much for uh, contributing to the conversation. We look forward to meeting each and every one of you individually. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at insuremark.net. Thanks very much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 